up, beautiful people? I am here with Abel Barcias from Cultura y Skate, also my former Chicano Studies professor. So, Abel, how you doing? I am doing great. Ooh. And we're going to be talking about your merch brand, uh, Cultura y Skate. And first, I just want to know what got you into wanting to create your merch and just what made you think of Cultura Escape, the name, everything. First of all, thank you for having me on your on your podcast. I'm super excited as a teacher and talking to a former student who's doing amazing things. I ran into you actually at, at Cafaina. You were working there. So uh, yeah, so I ran into you there. I was excited and we touched base and then we just um, built from there. And, you know, it's something I think that goes to to what I think you probably probably believe, and um, maybe I've heard you say this, but you know, it's 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 about relationship building and making connections and stuff like that. In in this type of world of podcasting, small business, I forgot how it came up. I think I might have mentioned it to you. Okay, so what made me get started with this was that I've been a skater for a very long time, but I started when I was a little kid, and then I stopped, and then I started again when I was a teenager. So I was like a skater when. I wouldn't call myself a skater when I was a kid. I was like, you know, before I was a teenager, I wouldn't consider myself a skater at that point. I was just having fun, like, you know, using it as like a toy, right? Something to play with. Me and my friends in the neighborhood, we used to, you know, ride up and down the street. And then uh, I stopped doing that when I got into junior high school and I started riding bikes. I don't know if it was because like, as I got older, I was like, oh, I can ride a bike now or BMX bikes, you know, and I can go farther away from my house and get into more trouble or whatever. And then uh, BMXing kind of trend kind of faded out and I stopped doing that. And then um, uh, when I got into high school, I got into skateboarding again. And this was 1987, if you can believe that so long ago. In, in the 1980s, skateboarding was really big. Skateboarders were superstars, like pro skaters were superstars, you know? And when I went to college, my lifestyle changed again my interest changed again. And I was like into like going to school and working and doing things like that, like having a life. A lot of my friends stayed in skateboarding or not a lot of them, but some of my friends, I should say, stayed in skateboarding and they became professional skateboarders. And I stopped. I started again, I want to say about 22 years ago, which is crazy. So this is like my third time skateboarding. I also love my own cultures. I started learning about Mexican and Chicano history and culture and all that stuff. I didn't really see that reflected in in skateboarding, the, the skateboarding culture or skateboarding scene. I didn't see my culture reflected in it. And so I was like, well, I think it's important for, for kids to see their themselves reflected in the thing that they love. You know, if they love skateboarding, it's good for them to see images of themselves, symbolism of themselves and, and valued in something that they love, which is, which is skateboarding. I didn't have that when I was a kid. So the other thing that motivated me was the fact that I started to see other people outside of my culture, using my culture in their brands, you know, using the symbolism and the iconography of Chicana or Chicano indigenous Mexican culture. And I was like, yo, what, why, you know, why should other people represent me? When COVID hit, I finally got around to doing it, right? You probably have heard this story many, many times speaking to people that start their own little brands and stuff. Absolutely. Is that like when COVID hit, they were at home and they finally had time to like make their dreams or imagination a reality. And that's what I did. I was like, you know, I had been thinking about it for years before COVID. And then finally, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to pull the trigger and make this happen. The first product or first item that I made was a sticker. It was just a simple sticker. It was a little circle sticker about this big. And I still have the first one that I did. I saved it because I was like, I sold them all. You know, I didn't have any more left. So I was like, okay, I got to keep one. This does segue really nicely into 
my next question and who has been a huge inspiration or who was the person that helped you wanting to make your own merch? I don't know. Nobody really like just myself. I've been my most, you know, I've been the motivator um, because I was, it was like in my head, it was my dream. Like, you know, this was came for me. I was like, I want to do this. So nobody really influenced me, but I had worked with some screen printers in the past who created, um, you know, like brands and, and merch and things like that. And I gained some experience from that. And I think maybe that helped me feel comfortable with screen printing and just making, you know, a brand and stuff like that. And I still talk to this person, but they don't do it anymore. Um, it was called the Roots Factory and they used, used to be down in Logan and they had a little warehouse and they would just make screens and then they would have parties and then they would invite everybody and come out, you know, bring a blank t-shirt and we will screen it for you. Your design, our art, our, our design, it was their design, Roots Factory. They would make graphics and say Roots Factory and had like, and I still have some of that stuff. And then people would bring their own t-shirts or you could buy a blank t-shirt from them. And then they would screen print it live right there in front of you. Um, Bob Green and Anna Brown were the, the creators behind that brand. And then Chicle, I don't know if you've ever heard of Chicle. He's from Chula Vista. He also was doing that as well. There was a couple other people too, but they're not doing it so much anymore. Anawak, who's a, he's a screen printer by, by trade. He does it for a living. He was one of the people that was really involved in, in the screen printing thing. Currently, where are you located? Where do people find your merch and how can people get a hold of you? I'm online. I sell through any social media that I can. I use Instagram mostly. I have a Facebook account that I don't really use. Um, but So Instagram is my main form of social media. I, I did go through the painstaking work of building my own website by watching YouTube tutorials. <laughs> I learned, I just watched the guy and it took me like eight hours to do it one day, just nonstop. And I just pulled an all nighter and just did it. And then I'm constantly refining it. Like I, I still am learning about it, but you can go to my website, which is www.cultura-y-skate.com um, or my Instagram, which is at Cultura Escape. And then I do pop-ups. So I'll go to like events like Tiangis, you know, pop-up events where hosted like at Mujeres Brewery in Logan, at the Centro Cultural de la Raza. They have a Tiangis once a month there. Um, and other places too, wherever I can. Actually, uh, like I try to branch out to places that are having pop-up events. There's one hosted by these two women called Las Jefas and it's in North Park on oh. Adams Avenue. Yeah, La Cepas Market, and then uh, trying to think where, but mostly pop-ups, and then also actually at the Centro Cultural in the inside, they have a little thing called the La, La Tiendita, the little store where they sell merch from like local vendors, and then also from Chiapas, from the Zapatistas, they sell their um, stuff like coffee and things like that um, in the store. So you can always find my stuff there at, inside the Centro Cultural any any time throughout the year, but they're only open on the weekends. So that's a that's the hard part. Um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three different places like online pop up events. I try to announce them on my Instagram when I do them, and then also uh, at the central. I do have a question. It's not a in one of the questions that I wrote for you, but it does kind of connect both the some of the questions that I did ask. Uh, the question I want to ask is just so everybody knows, Marcia is actually my Chicano studies professor at San Diego City College. And I wanted to know, how did you yourself get into being a Chicano studies professor? And then to segue into Cultura Escape, did some of the merch inspire, you know, a lot of the stuff that you would teach people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. So 
I got my bachelor's degree in social science to become a, a school teacher, like high school teacher. And then I decided not to end up doing that. And then I went back to school to get a master's degree and I got my master's degree and it was called Mexican American studies. They changed it now. Um, while I was in grad school at San Jose state, I was offered to teach a class for a professor who was going on sabbatical and sabbatical is like a little vacation. It's not a vacation technically, but you know, you don't teach any classes for a semester, I think. So you go on a vacation and somebody else, you know, teaches your classes. So it was like a short term opportunity. And I did it. I didn't go back to school to become a professor. Let's put it that way. So I think there's this misconception like, oh, you go to college and then you become whatever you majored in. Right. <laughs> and I didn't know what I wanted to become. I, I didn't have any career plans or goals. And this is, I think, advice for anybody who's going to college. Like I was more interested in going to college to further my understanding about things that I like, that I was interested in, you know, and my, my original interest was art, which I wish I would have pursued, but I didn't because there's not a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of support and encouragement and it's just like support for people that are interested in becoming an, an artist or going into the arts because people say, well, it's, there's no money. Like you're going to be poor. Like there's a stereotype that artists are poor. Which is, you know, a lot of artists are poor because they're pursuing their passion. And it's hard to make money off of art if you if you don't know how to run a business or you don't know how to speak to other people. Like it, some artists are very introverted. They're amazing artists, but they can't talk to people. So they, they get, get inside their head and they just focus on the paper, you know, or hit a wall or whatever is they, they're, they're doing the art, like music or whatever. So I was not going, I didn't gonna go to college to become a Chicano State professor. I went to college. I got my master's degree because I was passionate about my culture, my history. I was passionate about learning more about it. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to go to college and spend money and time and energy and move, you know, 500 miles away, I'm going to do it for something that I'm interested in. And I ended up getting a job in that way. It kind of works out. Like if you if you dedicate yourself and your passion to something, it may it may pan out to where you might be able to make a living off of that thing, you know? If you if you commit yourself and dedicate yourself to something that you you love and you're passionate about, this sounds super cliche-ish for me to say that. I you know, hearing myself say that, like because I hear people say that, oh yeah, pursue your passion. That's a bunch of BS. I think what people might be trying to say is that like if you dedicate your time and energy to something that you 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 love and you're passionate about and you you're gonna do a good job at that thing and people are gonna notice it could turn into something that you can make a living off of. And can you share maybe an example of a lesson that you taught that inspired one of your designs? My teaching came before this. And so my teaching influenced this, not the other way around. And my first design was the Olmec head. This is an installation piece that an artist did, but it's an Olmec head, you know, but it's like a spaceship Olmec head. So this was actually, um, the Olmecs were the influence for my first design which was a uh, Olmec um, head like this one, but he's wearing a skateboard helmet. And that was my first design. And um, I teach about the Olmecs every semester in my class 141A. And I just, you know, I was teaching about teaching about it and then skateboarding. And I was like, wait a second, the Olmecs used to wear helmets. They were known for that. Like every time you see these Olmec heads, they always have a helmet on. And I was like, Hmm, how could I mix that up? You know, and I was like, well, skaters used to wear helmets. Well, they still do, but not like they did in the 1980s. And there's this brand. Yeah, there's this brand called ProTech. It's a skateboarding brand. Um, and I was like, that kind of sounds like Olmec. So I just changed where it says ProTech to Olmec. So if you look at 
the design right where the brand is supposed to say the, the logo is supposed to say Protec Helmets. It says Omic. And so that, you know, came as a direct influence from my my teaching, my curriculum. You know, what, what I teach in my class is about culture and history. And so Kultura Escape came from my passion, my desire to try to infuse some of the culture and history that I teach in my classes into my designs. What I do want to ask you now is, where do you see Cultura Escape going a year from now? The thing that I am afraid of and I don't want to happen is that it phases out. Right. I mean, that's that it really speaks to what you were just saying right now. I don't want that to happen. That's where I want to see it go in the future is that it doesn't fade out. Like, I don't want it to be like not a trend, but like just something that I was into, you know, for a few years. I've already been doing it since um, November of 2020. So for me to stick with it for this long, that's good for me, you know, and I try to stay relevant. So in this type of world, you have to always make something new or else you you become irrelevant. And so I'm always trying to figure out what my next design is going to be. I want it to go big. I want Kultura Skate to get bigger. Like, you know, I want I want to work with bigger brands. Not, not I don't want to work. Well, if they would want if they want to work with me, I'm down. But <laughs> I don't have the capacity, I don't think, to work with like big major brands like Vans and Santa Cruz and like all these other major companies. Like, I don't. I don't have the capacity to work with those companies. So like a smaller local brand, maybe, or even outside of the city or state um, or the country, you know, collaborating with somebody from another country like Japan or where skateboarding culture, Southern California culture is really big in Japan. So it'd be cool. And then collaborate with other people too, like other artists. I, I want to work with other artists and maybe do collaboration art, a design with an artist, like a guest artist or something. It would be awesome. I think if, this happens with a lot of brands. If like a major person influencer wears something of yours and people notice it, they're like, oh my gosh, who's, you know, why is Drake wearing a Kultura skate shirt? Like, what's that? You know what I mean? Drake, if you're listening to this. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that would be amazing, right? To work with a bigger skate brand or Chicano brand or whatever, indigenous brand. Like there's indigenous skate brands out there, Apache Skateboards. You know, there's 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 a lot of people out there doing doing some awesome stuff. So working with one of those people or artists or, you know, brands and, and then hopefully like my stuff taking off, you know, and it'd be awesome because it'd be helpful if I could pay for this stuff that I've been investing in, that'd be great. If it could help me pay for college, that's even better. <laughs> uh, the last question I want to ask you is what advice can you give to anybody that wants to start their own branding merch? Anybody who wants to get into creating like a small little shop for themselves? Mm -hmm. Don't do it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no way, man. I can never say that because it's not what you're going to expect. It's not what you expect, you know? I didn't have any expectations. Like I didn't really know what to expect because I mean, I didn't have anybody really that I knew that was doing this. Right. So I think the work that you're doing, this podcast is important because if anybody's interested in doing something like this, they can watch this episode and, you know, maybe they could contact me. I, I'm, I'm willing to help out anybody. Right. Who, who wants to try something and has questions on what to do. Like I have so many, so much advice that I learned you know, that hopefully will help somebody avoid some of those mistakes. But somebody who's interested in, in starting something like their own brand or start small, I would recommend start small because you won't spend as much money getting into it. Like some people, they go all, if they have the money, I guess, but 
you know, they go full steam ahead and they, they sell their car or they do something or they take all their life savings or, you know, I mean, how much money do people have saved up? But, you know, whatever they, they hit crypto. And I know one guy who does this stuff and he, he got money from crypto and he invested it in starting his thing. And another person got money from someplace else. Like they came upon a, a, a lump sum of money, like a few thousand dollars, right? Not a lot. Just, you know, it doesn't take a lot. It starts small. Like what I did is all I, I started off with stickers, small investment, you know, small amount of money up front. And, you know, just to gauge people's interest in what, what I was doing. And it was successful. Or I, I shouldn't say it was successful, but it was um, got a positive response from people. So you could, you know, try to keep it simple. You can do things without printing at first. You know, you can do digital stuff online. So starting small, networking is super important, you know, communicating with people, being cool, like don't all those relationships. Like for me, I have a lot of relationships in the community. I know a lot of people in the community before I even got started. I built on those relationships and, and got support from people that I had known from the past before I got into this. And I was like, hey, I'm starting to do this thing now. And they're like, oh, cool. We're going to do a pop-up. Like we want to invite you. So I was like, oh, awesome. You know, so build relationships with people. If you're thinking like me, I thought about this a lot before I did it. So I was thinking in the future, like, I don't know why, but, you know, I'm like, I better be friendly and cool with this person because they might be able to help me in the future. People call it karma, but it's really about social networking and stuff like that. And so build relationships even before you start your carry out your plan, like try to build some relationships because you may not know how you're going to need that, but it might, you might need them in the future. Abel Marcias, everybody, check out Cultura Skate at Cultura Skate on Instagram. He's really amazing. If you're into the skating business, if you're into merchandise business, this guy knows his stuff. And plus, I mean, he taught me a lot. Uh, when he was a my Chicano studies professor, he really taught me a lot, and I really admire the guy. And it was really cool that we found our way back into meeting each other and doing this podcast. And I'm very excited for what the future brings for us. I mean, we're already talking about bringing him into City Heights Road Rack, be a guest speaker on October, and I'm very excited for people to hear his story there. And more importantly, I'm just excited for what Cultura Skate brings to the community and most importantly, bring to people in San Diego. Thank you all for listening. That's going to be it for this special edition of Catanation Studios. Next week, the mental wellness for artists is coming up. Art Unites, Blanca Lucia Bergman is joining the show next week and thanks to her lineup of work we are going to be doing some very interesting things in the near future so i'm very excited to bring in blanca next week take care everybody we are kata nation when i say when you know we've been hurt been down before when our pride was low looking at the world like where do we go and we hate popo when they kill us dead in the street for sure I'm at the preacher's door, my knees getting weak and my gun might blow, but we gon' be alright, alright, we gon' be alright. I'm alright in your favor, dark nights in my prayers. Like what you heard? Keep listening to the amazing podcasts here on wearecatenation.buzzsprout.com. And also find me, Catenation Studios, on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, go to at wearecatenation, Catenation Studios, for more.